Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented, and let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Rise and shine, people. It's time to talk about the divisional round in the NFL playoffs and grab your popcorn. Because in this segment, we're looking at the AFC, where we have CJ Stroud, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen all squaring off in the AFC. So it's going to be some great games. Then at 720, we'll head to the NBA where a couple of MVPs are squaring off in Philadelphia tonight. Then at 740, Teaser Tuesday. That's right. I'm giving you my best options for a teaser this weekend. Uh, Should not be very easy, though, because there are fewer games. And some of these numbers are a little wonky. So maybe we'll be getting into some weird numbers, like maybe plus 15 and a half. Because I think the craziest thing is, Jenks, we touched on this. Some of these games have not been particularly good. Like, I was mm-hmm. very much ready to settle into the couch and watch all of these games. But some of them weren't even games in the second half. Like, mm-hmm. I have been wildly productive over these last few days, and I was not planning on it. Like, am I going to sit there and watch, like, the Cowboys just, you know, try to score points against the Packers in the fourth quarter? No. It was funny to watch some of the reactions on the Cowboys fans' faces, but still, have you been disappointed at all in some of these games? Hmm. I wouldn't say I've been disappointed. I would say I've been surprised by the outcomes. So I I didn't necessarily dislike what I saw from the Packers dismantling the Cowboys. It was sort of... <laughs> fascinating to watch because I thought it was going to be just the opposite where Dallas is dominating Green Bay and they're pouring on the points and they're changing the storyline of the past few seasons. Instead, it was, oh, same old Dallas. And even when the Cowboys scored right before halftime, I thought, all right, maybe we see some sort of comeback in the second half because the Cowboys, at least on paper, are a better team and just never happened. And then last night, I thought the Eagles were, the Eagles were favored in that game against the Bucks. That number went from two and a half to three. So I'm not saying I expected the Eagles went to win, but did we expect the Bucks, a team that plays in the worst division in football, that squeaked by the Panthers nine nothing last week or something, to absolutely dominate the defending NFC champions, no way. So the games may not have been competitive across the board, but I still think they've been fascinating based on the results. Right. And there's definitely storylines in each and every game. Yeah. I just expected there to be more drama, you know, going into the fourth quarter of some of these games. I was looking back because I was thinking, okay, is this a trend? And the wild card round of the NFL, because they have expanded the playoffs, you know, over time. And maybe there are some teams that don't really need to be in the postseason. And that's why we're seeing some of these lopsided scores. But last year, and I know this is a one-year sample size, we had four of the six games decided by seven points or fewer. 
So mm-hmm. I think this year is a little wonky where we didn't get that many good games because you're looking at the outliers like the Niners absolutely dismantled the Seahawks last year 41 to 23, Cowboys beat up on the Bucks 31-14. Uh fonder memories for the Cowboys fans. Uh but do you think this is something where the further along you get in the NFL postseason, the gap between competition kind of narrows. Like, do you think we'll see tighter score ga- uh, scoring games in the divisional round now that we kind of weeded out some of the teams that, well, I don't even want to say the Cowboys didn't deserve to be there because they had a great regular right. season. But do you get the point that I'm making? Yes. I would say the answer is maybe. I think we're going to find out, particularly in the NFC, right? Are the Bucks mm-hmm. going to continue to be competitive? They've won six of seven, but again, they haven't played in a good division. Can they really go to Detroit and hang with the Lions? Maybe. Or does that story sort of come to an end and Detroit blows them out? Same thing with the Packers. They destroyed the Cowboys. They're clearly playing. Jordan Love in particular playing his best football of the season. Do they go out, keep it within the number, give the Niners a run? Maybe the Niners are rusty. Or is it a situation where, okay, you guys are a good team, but you're sort of outclassed here? I don't know. I think it's. I think we could see a couple of competitive games because it's the playoffs. And then I also think we could see a, a, a situation where both teams sort of revert back to the mean a little bit, and then they get blown out. Right. And the other trend is that the spread really hasn't mattered. Only mattered in one game this weekend, which kind of goes along with if games are not competitive, obviously the spread doesn't matter. You just pick a winner. Let's look at the AFC and go game by game in the divisional round and see if we can pick some games. Let's start off Saturday, 4.30 kickoff in Baltimore, where the Ravens should be nice and rested. They're laying nine and a half against the Texans. Total of 45 and a half. So, Jenks, we examined the NFC, and we have decided that we think that the rest is a good thing. What about the Ravens, though? Because I think, and I think you're kind of closer to the area than I am, there has been years where the Ravens have had this first-round bye, and they have come out extremely rusty. And there's even been, like, a squabble about them resting some of their players because there's been years in the past where it has looked like the wrong move and they just have come out stale in some of these po- uh, postseason games. So do you think it's a good thing for the Ravens as well, the fact that they're getting extra rest? I think so. I, honestly, I think if you are a very good football team and the Ravens certainly qualify, and the Ravens have battled all sorts of injuries, they got great mm-hmm. news. Mark Andrews has been working out with the team again. So yep. imagine how huge that is for this team. And before he left the lineup, he was their primary target. Mark Andrews is a hell of a football player. So now they have an extra week to get ready. They've been banged up at running back all season long. But when you have an already great team that could use the rest, it's just going to do nothing but benefit them. And especially this time of year, because we know what a grind the NFL season is. And then a couple of seasons ago, they had the extra week to make it even more difficult on these guys. So, yeah, I think for the Ravens, a team that has all the tools to win a Super Bowl this season, any sort of extra rest, any sort of extra preparation, particularly when you're getting ready to get one of your primary weapons back, I think is huge. Okay, so we agree on that. But the spread in this game, nine and a half for a Texans team 
that's playing with a lot of confidence. C.J. Stroud does not look like a rookie, and something should be said about this defense as well. Will Anderson and company have figured something out. It is not a team that is only the quarterback alone. So nine and a half points. Are you interested in the Texans here? Oh, maybe. Ah, I don't know. Doesn't this line just seem way too? It seems disturbingly large. Where it makes me think maybe the Ravens are the right side because I would have if you had asked me. Every now and then I like to test myself. Like, okay, you don't know the number yet. If you had to guess, what what is the number? Texans and Ravens. What's the spread? And I'm terrible at this, by the way. Then I I would have never guessed nine and a half. I would have said I don't know six and a half, seven and a half tops, but nine and a half. It seems like a big, big number. I will say this. If you want to make a case for the Texans, look, the Browns' defense was fantastic all season long, and C.J. Stroud carved them up. The one the one caveat is when it comes to a rookie quarterback, you can look at it two ways, right? At some point, he's probably going to have a bad game because he is a rookie and, and all rookies. It, ha- well, it happens to the best quarterbacks in the NFL, rookie or no, at the mm-hmm. same time, C.J. Stroud, because he's a rookie, has this really high ceiling where he certainly hasn't come close to being as good as he can be, which is kind of a scary thought. So how do you look at it? All right, the Ravens have had an extra week. Yeah, you carved up the Browns' defense, but you got to go on the road to Baltimore. At some point, you're going to have some sort of regression. Or is it you've been white hot all year, Nobody's been able to stop you. The Browns didn't stop you last week. Maybe you're good enough to keep this within nine and a half. And I, right now, I don't know. I think for me, it's Texans or nothing. Like, maybe I don't play it, but I think I will take the points in this one. Because look at a similar matchup or a similar spread. Look at the Steelers and the Bills. The Bills were laying 10 in that game. Don't we feel like the divide between the Steelers and the Bills, especially the Steelers not having T.J. Watt, is miles wider than what we're seeing from the Texans and the Ravens. Like, maybe I have recency bias, but it just does not feel to me that this is a Texans team that is that much worse than the Ravens. Like, I could be proven wrong, and I think the the sabotage factor for me is that the spread has not mattered in a lot of these games. So maybe it's a Ravens romp where, you know, they absolutely beat the brakes off the Texans here, but I think for me, it is the points and the points only. I don't think that I will be laying nine and a half with the team that's been sitting around while the Texans are playing with very little pressure and nothing to prove. Next up, let's go to the Sunday night game. We've got the Chiefs and the Bills. Bills laying two and a half. Jenks, I think everybody's first instinct Mm -hmm. is Patrick Mahomes getting points, and I almost Mm -hmm. did this too. Feels kind of square. And I will say the Chiefs looked a little better. Travis Kelsey actually had more than like 15 receiving yards for the first time in a while, it seemed. Do you think the Chiefs are fixed? Like their entire team is fixed? Like the fix is in? No. As a team that looked broken for most of the year. Didn't the Chiefs look broken? Travis Kelsey looked broken in some of these games. Yes. And I've bet on some of his props saying, oh, well, buy low spot on Travis Kelsey. Oh, man, the Chiefs have been tough to bet on this year. 
But still, they looked better last game. They did it in the elements. They were, you know, playing with a ton of confidence. It looks like the vibes are way better for Kansas City now. So two and a half points with the Chiefs. You in, you out. Nah, I'm on the Bills. Go Bills. We're with you. Fight Bills. Just love the Bills right now. I don't believe in the Chiefs at all. The Chiefs don't look – the Chiefs, to me, don't look significantly better than what we saw for the majority of the season. Because we talked about it before they they played the Dolphins, that the Dolphins, A, had not really beaten anyone of significance outside of Dallas. B, they're a terrible cold-weather team. C, they didn't beat a single team with a winning record on the road this year. So – That was the only bet I made over the weekend. Thankfully, it came home. But everything pointed to, yeah, the Chiefs are pretty good, I guess. But more than that, the Dolphins are massively overrated. And here, it's a different situation. And also, I don't know how you quantify this, but man, the Bills have been waiting for this for a long time. They have always had to go on the road and play Kansas City, on the road, play Kansas City, on the road, play Kansas City. And finally, in a year where they had to have an incredible run at the end of the season to make the playoffs, to win the division, now they finally get to host Kansas City. So I think the motivation, the crowd is going to be out of this world. And honestly, I am not. What we saw from the Chiefs against the Dolphins, I think, is fool's gold. I don't think the Chiefs are that good, and I definitely think the Bills are better. I will lay the two and a half with Buffalo. The Dolphins look like they didn't want to be there, and I don't blame yeah. them. It looked really cold. But I still have trouble trusting the Chiefs because we have seen a team that is untrustworthy for most of the season. So if the Chiefs have receivers dropping passes and their offense still looks a little shaky in this game – wouldn't you say to yourself and point in the mirror and say, you saw this, you saw this coming, why did you bet on the Chiefs? And plus, this is a short number. It's two and a mm-hmm. half. I thought to myself, okay, maybe we get a back and forth game. Because the last time I think that we saw Patrick Mahomes against Josh mm-hmm. Allen, you know, in a postseason game, went to overtime, we saw a lot of points. But this is not a Chiefs offense that's really been racking up the points. In fact, they have been more prone to the run, and they have actually been better on defense than in years past. So maybe I'm not looking at a total in this one. I think this one's a stay away from me, just Mm -hmm. because the Bills can be so volatile. When they are playing their best, like we saw against the Steelers, where Josh Allen doesn't turn the ball over, they look unbeatable. I think I would put them against any team in the NFL. But... When Josh Allen turns the ball over, they can lose anybody. And they can mm-hmm. keep it close with the worst of teams. They beat the Chargers with an interim coach by a total of yeah. two points. So I feel like they are the ultimate feast or famine team, which is not something I want to put my money on. I think you had it right when you were talking about maybe playing the Bills in the futures market. That is the ultimate way, I think, to play a team that's that volatile, right? I think it has to be. Yeah, I think you're probably spot on there. And I, and again, that goes into your handicap, which is if you're talking about a volatile team, is that the sort of team mm-hmm. you want to trust in the postseason? Not me. No, but if you're getting six to one on that team, a team that we ah. think can go against anybody, 
I think that's the way you play it. You try to ride the high-end potential of the Buffalo Bills. All right, coming back from the break, time to turn our eyes towards the NBA because we have a couple of MVPs squaring off. What's the play tonight in Philly? That's after the break. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. And we... Are back, off and rolling as hour two continues here on the Daily Tip. Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, they square off tonight in Philly as the Sixers host the Nuggets. We've got a short spread in this game. We'll talk about it in just a few minutes. Jenks, do you happen to subscribe to the theory that iron sharpens iron and that a little competition is good for you? Hmm. Yeah, I think so. I would say that it depends what sort of competition that you're talking about. But yeah, I think that any time that you are being pushed on some level, then that is probably good for you. Now that that push, that motivation can be internal. But if you're talking about sports or you're talking about the NFL or any sport where you've got someone right there sort of nipping at your heels a little bit. Yeah. I think it makes you aware that I've got to keep playing better. I've got to stay motivated because if not, I've got someone right behind me who is hungry, who is going to take my place. So yeah, I absolutely think that. It's crazy to me that this is so concrete in the world of swimming. And I know most people are not Mm -hmm. very familiar with competitive swimming. I was a swimmer in college. This is why I know, but they bank on this very fact. The top-seeded swimmer in a heat, which is, you know, you have eight or ten lanes, and the person who has the fastest entry time is put in the middle of the pool so people can see them when you are swimming. So you can look out of the corner of your eye and say, okay, who's leading the charge? It's going to be this person, you know, in the middle of the pool. So it's wild to me that, like, that's banked on that very fact. And it's a thing. The The yeah. hardest part of swimming in different heats is that – If you had a really good time that you weren't supposed to go, like say you went your best time, but you were in a different Mm -hmm. heat, you're going fast, but you're beating the brakes off everybody. So it feels like nobody's pushing you. You're like, oh man, I'm going so fast. But if you were in the same heat as somebody who's going faster than you, I feel like it does push you to go way faster. Cause you know, you're like, oh man, I gotta get my butt in gear. This person's kicking my tail. Uh, So I think it's very much a thing especially when it comes to sports, when you can see somebody, when it's not Mm -hmm. somebody who's in another heat, who's in another state, who's playing in another game. So I think when it comes to the NBA, which I think Mm -hmm. is one of the more narrative-based handicap sports I think that you have out there, I think we will see a big performance from both Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid tonight, especially with all of the things that we have seen go down between these two. Not necessarily personal, but the fact that it's been Nikola Jokic, you know, winning MVP the year that Joel Embiid had a really good year and he felt like he was kind of jilted there. Then it was Joel Embiid that won it last year and it kind of felt like Nikola Jokic was jilted there. I tend to think that Joel Embiid is the more petty of the two, 
But do yes. you think, <laughs> despite the cold exterior that we see from Nikola Jokic, that uh-huh. he's going to want to bring it against the reigning MVP? Yeah, absolutely. I It's interesting their difference in demeanor between these mm-hmm. two guys. So, yes, Joel Embiid seems like the... The more petty of the two, he seems like a guy who would maybe read in this matchup. I think for Nikola Jokic, yeah, he'll want to perform well, but I think his mentality is different. And so we saw this after the NBA Finals when he was like, the job is over, job is done, time to go home. <laughs> like I, I, I feel like he has this Serbian mentality, which is I have to go out and do the best job I can do every single night because this is my job and that is how I am built and that is my culture and this is what my countrymen expect from me which is to go out and do a great job and look different people have different ways of staying motivated I think if anyone wants to show out more or make more of a point it will be Joel Embiid but I feel like if Nikola Jokic comes out and performs well yeah maybe there's some extra motivation but honestly I think it'll be it's because it's just who he is. He's just kind of built like this machine where he just goes about it like, I have a job to do, and he'll go out and do it. Right. Uh, And I think your point is proven by Joel Embiid last game. Uh, He missed a few games. Then he put up 41-10 and uh, in his last game back. And this is one of the questions that he was asked, was the fact that he's missing games and how does it affect his MVP status And it felt like he was a little triggered by it. He said, Mm -hmm. I can't control if I get sick. If I get the flu, can't control that. Can't control if my knee's going to swell up. It just happens. So, you know, the goal is to be ready for the playoffs, but I'm ready to be dominant when it gets to that time. And every single team that I play against, I dominate. That's part of his quote. So do we believe in Joel Embiid? Uh, when he says that, when he he's going against another very good big man. I will say that Nikola Jokic, you, you mm-hmm. look at the injury report, he's questionable. I would assume that he plays in this one. I think the yeah. line would be a lot longer, you know, if this was the case. Because the line in this game is four and a half. And I think the narrative on this show is you play the Nuggets when they're at home on the road you think about it but it's not necessarily as strong of an angle philly's been really good at home this year too 15 and 6 straight up uh against the spread at home 15 and 6 as well so is philly the play here for you i think so i was going to i was going to lean nuggets because i didn't know if mb was going to play but then he played yesterday and then now you have to ask yourself the question okay well if he's dealing with a sore knee do you really want him playing on back-to-back nights? I'm sure he's going to be fine. The line reflects that he's going to play. But I also find it interesting, too, that you miss a handful of games and then immediately you play on back-to-back nights. So I I guess I would lean Philly here just because Embiid is coming off a monster performance against the Rockets, and Philly has been a wagon at home this season. The Nuggets have not been good away from home. But it does make me worry a little bit based on his injury history and a little bit based on the fact that, again, he was at it yesterday. And you would think if you're the Sixers, you're playing the long game, right? You want to be careful with how much you use him. I do think that it is – you look at the team as well, because it's not just those two guys. I think right. for Denver, you look at the injury report and how many guys are banged up right now. 
it's a who's who of the Denver Nuggets when it comes to the question marks. Aaron Gordon, like I said, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., all of these guys have question marks attached to them. So maybe they play, maybe they don't, but it looks like they are not 100%. So I would be on the Sixers here if I had a play. I think that is the way you lean, especially for Philly playing at home. I know uh, back-to-backs can be a little tricky, but at least they are playing in Philly. Next up, let's go to Phoenix, the Suns and the Kings squaring off, where we have Phoenix five-and-a-half-point home favorites, total of 243-and-a-half in this one. Jenks, I feel like the Suns are not a team that we love betting here on the show. Mm -hmm. They certainly have great potential when the big three are playing together, but it seemed very few and far in between. So this line has moved. Now it's down to four and a half. Clearly some money coming in on Sacramento. Are you mm-hmm. willing to trust the Suns at home? Uh, no, I'm not at all. I Here's the thing with the Suns. At some point, they have, they have a very high ceiling. And we know they have a high ceiling because the odds bear that if you're looking at NBA futures. And now we're seeing the big three starting to play together. But I don't think the... The big three, even though they've gotten some experience now, I haven't been that impressed. So what? They played four games together. Okay. They lost to the Grizzlies. They got crushed by the Clippers. They beat the Lakers and the Blazers. Yeah. Does that really do anything for you? I don't know. I want to see how the Kings respond. Now, they're 12-7 and against the number this season when playing away from home. That's the second-best mark in the league. But I want to find out how they're going to respond after Mike Brown lost his mind a couple days ago against the Bucs. Did you see this? Where he was so angry, he got kicked out of the game, chased after a referee, and then after the game, he brings out his computer and gives the press an entire lesson. He's playing a video and explaining why he was upset and how the NBA needs clarification on whether if you have your hands up and you're a defender or if you have a hand down and you're a defender, what is the call they're going to make? Because he's saying that they're calling it different ways, and he's of the opinion, I was told if both hands are up, then you are defending in the right way. You're not touching an opposing offensive player. So we went back and forth, back and forth. I don't know how his team is going to respond, even though he was really upset about that. But to me, this is more about not being able to trust the Suns until I see more from the big three. So I would lean Kings. I think one of the more underrated matchups in the NBA have been these head coaches against the referees. I think they need some sort of like night court or Judge Judy where (laughs) they have a case and they have like a celebrity judge. Maybe it's Shaq or Charles Barkley, either of those guys. And they have the coach like present their case. They have the referee on the other side. And they go head to head. I would love that because haven't we seen so many coaches absolutely lose their mind at officiating? Oh, yeah. The NBA needs to do something. I don't know what it is. What is the NBA going to do? They're not going to do anything. What are they? They're going to let these coaches go off. They're going to drop some big fines on these coaches and it'll just be business as usual. They're like the... NFL in this respect, do you think the NBA is going to come out with sweeping changes to how basketball games are officiated? No, they're not. They're just going to say you can't knock the refereeing 
And what you need to do is you need to come out and you need to keep your mouth shut and respect the game and respect the officials. What did that one guy on Twitter try to tell us? It was so dumb. After the Toronto-Los Angeles game, and his point was the reason why that the Lakers were getting all the calls is that these referees have an inherent bias against Canada. And so when oh, they yeah. see these two teams, I was like, oh, my God. I don't, dude, please get off the conspiracy theory. We, we see bad games called all the time in the NBA. So ultimately, I would say that nothing's going to change. This is just business as usual. And then in two weeks, you know how the news cycle works. Everyone will forget about this and everyone will move on. Yeah, um, that's a that's a weird one. I don't think anybody mm-hmm. has an inherent bias against Canada. Like, I think other countries, maybe. Like, I think I have, like, maybe an inherent bias against, like, European countries, maybe because yeah. of years of watching the Ryder Cup. But Canada, it feels like they're kind of on our team. Maybe not, and maybe I'm completely in the wrong here, but an inherent bias? I did not understand that one. Uh, But as far as the Kings and the Suns go, I will say there is one matchup maybe to keep your eye on, and that Mm -hmm. would be the Kings defense has not been great at defending shooting guards. And what do the Suns have? They have some really good shooting guards. The Kings are giving up the eighth most points to opposing shooting guards. Again, they're a a team that in general gives up a lot of points, so maybe that's just kind of built Mm -hmm. in the handicap there. Uh, but not a great matchup when you're going against the likes of Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, and I know Devin Booker is a point guard, but still, if you're not good at defending the perimeter, probably not a great matchup when you're going against the Phoenix Suns on the road. And then finally, show darlings, the Oklahoma City Thunder, (laughs) are squaring off against the Clippers. Clippers laying five and a half. I'm seeing a majority of the money on the Clippers here. Jenks, do you like the Thunder? Yeah, I do. I think I just I, <laughs> real I don't, convincing. <laughs> uh, I don't like the slate today. I don't like the slate today in the NBA. So I don't want to touch this game at all because you're talking about a a Thunder team, which is the best covering team in the NBA, and then B, you're talking about a Clippers team that has been on an absolute roll since they started putting everything together. Matt is saying in the chat that SGA was a game time decision yesterday. So, okay, that's something to absolutely keep an eye on. Obviously, if he doesn't play, you roll with the Clippers and lay the five and a half here. But for me, it's hard to go against a team in the Thunder if SGA does play that has been such a moneymaker for us this season. So in this spot, 10-6-1 against the number, again, best team against the spread in the NBA This is going to be, I think, hopefully SGA will play just from a viewing perspective, and it'll be a fantastic game to watch. But I got to tell you, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not crazy about the NBA schedule today. I got a few dubs in the NBA last week I felt good about. But (laughs) one thing I don't want to do when the NBA schedule or these games can get crazy is just sort of lean or throw out a bet when I don't feel strongly about it. Well, see, you don't have an inherent bias against Canadians because SGA <laughs> is Canadian. He is from Toronto. So, see, point yeah. proven. Maybe not all Americans are against him. Uh, but I would imagine that's why we're seeing a lot of money come in on the Clippers because is there somebody – well, I'm not going to say that. I was going to yeah. say, is there anybody who means more to their team 
Uh, there are probably a few guys in the NBA, but still, SGA is a huge part of what the Thunder has been doing because he's the point guard, because he's averaging over 30 points a game. So he, if he's out, I can totally see why you wouldn't want to back the Thunder tonight, even though they are the show darlings. Coming back from the break, it's a Tuesday, which means it's time to play Who Ruins My Teaser next on The Daily Tip. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to The Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Off and running. It's time to get things going. And it shouldn't be hard. I know it's the month of January. I know it's dreary outside. But we have some great football to dive into this weekend as it's the divisional round that starts between only the best of the best in the NFL. Jenks, we have broken down just about every game that we saw over the weekend. But there is one play that's living rent-free in my mind right now. And that is Aaron Jones blocking Micah uh, Micah Parsons of the Cowboys. And it turns into this like big explosive play for the Packers. And I think it just goes to show that there are so many little things that happen in a football play that maybe you don't notice or maybe you don't realize that contribute to the overall success of a play. Like I keep watching this over and over. I'm like, man. For a running back, he is blocking one of the best defenders in the entire NFL. And I know it's one play, and if you do that matchup 100 times, Micah Parsons is probably going to win most of them. But still, I'm really impressed. I keep watching it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, you know, that's one of the reasons why that the Packers won that game. Sometimes it just takes – it's amazing how I never – you know, I never focus on one play makes the difference in a game. We'll focus on a missed field goal or a dropped pass, and certainly they have massive impacts. But there's little things like that, that, and I love that because those generally don't make highlight reels, right? Mm-hmm. A great block. It's like, oh, a great block. We always focus on scoring and great runs, and I understand all of it, or a sack or whatever. But those are the little things that really are the difference between winning and losing, especially when you can neutralize one of the best defenders, if not arguably the best defender in the game. So while a lot of people won't pay attention to something like that, I guarantee you when the Packers go back and they watch that film, that will be a play that is pointed out. Like, look at the effort on this one play that helped us to succeed this weekend. Oh, I'm sure his teammates will notice, you know, because they're mm-hmm. there and they understand and they kind of know how their coworkers exist. I almost equate this to when you work with somebody, you don't really get the same version that the general public gets. You kind of see what they do behind mm-hmm. the scenes. And when you see somebody who makes a great block, like I think something that people don't realize about Rob Gronkowski, he yeah. was a great blocker. So like maybe you don't see it in the stat sheet, but he is helping the team in that way. So what's the equivalent of somebody who makes great blocks in the NFL? What's the equivalent in like the corporate world? Hmm. 
I would say the equivalent in the corporate world is a very good question. I would say it's not making it's, blocks. <laughs> it's not making blocks. Wow. What a pancake over there. Wow. Man, the boss was coming over to critique me about something. He just laid him out. He's going to be out for two weeks now. Problem solved. I would think it's someone who does, you know, as part of like a larger project does like little things that tend to go unnoticed. It's, it's the person who adds the polish to things, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that whatever it is, no matter what job field that you're in, there are always little things with any project or, and I feel like project is a very large word. It's an all encompassing word. It can mean all sorts of different things, but I feel like projects are a part of every single job. And there's always little things that people don't want to go in and do. Catherine has to do this all the time at her work, right? Like there might be a proposal that she has to work on and it's, yeah, it's pretty good. But if we go in and we add A, B, C, and D, it's going to take a little bit extra work, but it's going to make this so much better. And what will happen is, is that once that proposal is made or that PowerPoint is shown or whatever, people will look at the, the grand takeaway and say, oh my God, it was so great. And they won't really focus on the one person who said, yeah, it was pretty good, but I was the one who went in there at the last minute or in the past few days and added a few more details or added a little bit of polish to make it stand out in a certain way. Because ultimately, if you have a successful project, everyone slaps each other on the back. Oh, great job, great job, team. But if it's going to be great, someone had to go in there and, or maybe it was a group effort to do something. It's kind of that grunt work that nobody wants to do, but ultimately can be the difference between something, like I said, that is good and something that is exceptional. Yeah, that or when you lift up your teammates, because Jenks, I've been yeah. listening to some of the NFL playoffs on the radio, and yeah. our BetQL promo is mostly Nick Casas, which he is the face of our network. And then there is a little bit in it that's my voice, but guess what I'm saying? Jenks is 6-0 and this week. And I said, look at yeah. him being a good teammate. And everybody knows <laughs> that he had a great week <laughs> at some point in the run of our show. So that is my one little, you know, contribution. Me being a lead blocker for Michael Jenkins <laughs> as he runs it in 96 yards for the touchdown. Uh, so that is, you know, part of the reason why, you know, somebody is a good teammate. Somebody is, you know, a good part of the team. So let's put all the parts together. And also give ourselves six extra points to work with yeah. because it's that time of week. It's time to play Who Ruins My Teaser. Chelsea is such a teaser. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I find myself annoyed with whoever is making that voice. I'm like, shut up. Stop taunting me. All right, so we do this every week, and it is getting harder as the NFL winds down, and there are fewer games to choose from. But what we do is we look at the entire slate, and we try to pick a few teams for a teaser. If you don't know what a teaser is, you get six points in your favor, and you combine it with a couple other games so you can get some plus money. Normally, I'm doing a three-leg teaser, plus 160, but if you only do two teams, I believe it's somewhere in the ballpark of minus 130. I think that's where I'm going to be landing at this week just because, like I said, there are not that many games to choose from. Normally, I try to look for long teasers, which by definition – 
are either favorites of eight and a half to seven and a half points because you can go through the most amount of key numbers. But again, there are not that many games to choose from. So I'm going to have some kind of wonky numbers in this one. So just know that uh, going forward. So first leg in the teaser, I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers. Is it square? I don't care. The line on this one is 10 against the Packers. I'm going to tease it down to four points. The Niners are a team that have struggled kind of with injuries. They haven't struggled in general, but still, I think uh, the extra rest will do wonders for a team that's already very dominant. They're playing at home. And I think if the Packers can't get the run established, I think that's going to put a lot more pressure on Jordan Love because if you look at some of these games where the Packers have been really good, it's because Aaron Jones is not only making those amazing blocks on Micah Parsons, he's also been really effective in the run game. Next up, we're going to go the Texans. This line is plus nine and a half, which I already feel like is too many points against the Ravens. And we're going to tease it up to plus 15 and a half. It's kind of a wild number. And one would think mm-hmm. if they get blown out, they're probably going to get blown out by a lot. But still, I think that's the other better option uh, or the other teaser option, I should say, this week in the NFL. I think the Texans can hang. And plus, when you have a passing offense, I think that is a great call for teams for a backdoor cover because they're going to keep throwing. And even if they're getting you know, the doors blown off, they can score quickly and at will with the passing game. So that's what it's going to be. It's going to be the Niners minus four, and it's going to be the Texans plus 15 and a half. So, Jenks, who ruins my teaser? Ooh, maybe the Niners? I don't think so. Like, maybe the Niners win by three. It's a close game. That's the only thing I can figure. Like, I love the the Ravens-Texans play. I don't know. It's hard for me to find fault. Ultimately, I think the sabotage factor is, look, Jordan Love's playing great football right now. The Packers' defense is Mm -hmm. better than you might think. The Niners' defense actually has struggled, I believe, in the first halves of games this season. Maybe they're a little rusty from having the extra time off. I don't really see it happening. I would love if I could get the Niners at minus four as a part of this teaser. But ultimately, if you're looking for which team might ruin it, it might be the Packers. Maybe they keep it within a field goal or get some sort of backdoor cover. But as per usual, I'm a fan. Okay, so there's only four games. So again, there's not that many options. Mm -hmm. But would you substitute any of these teams? Because the honorary mentions would be the Lions at a pick So basically the Lions money line, they are six point favorites at home over the Bucks, kind of like that one as well. Or you mm-hmm. look at the Chiefs Bills game and we don't tease through zero. So the only option would be Chiefs plus eight and a half. So of those two, mm-hmm. would you insert any of those or add any of those to the teaser? Lions money line, I like. I think the Bucks, nice little run here at the end of the season comes to an end. I don't I don't want to mess with Bills and Chiefs because we were talking about this earlier. I'm just not a believer in Kansas City at all. And if Buffalo plays to its potential, I can absolutely see a situation where they handle the Chiefs. I don't want to say blow them out, but at least cover the number you're talking about. So they could win by double digits. Chiefs going into Buffalo. They normally don't have to do that. Their receiving core has been downgraded this year. It's not nearly that good. They beat a Dolphins team that did not want to be there in the first place. So Lions money line 
I wouldn't mind adding to that. I feel like the Bucks might be able to keep it close, keep it within six, but the Lions at home, I feel like the Rams are much more formidable than the Bucks would be. So yeah, I'd go Detroit. I think the other question I'd have is if the Texans are keeping it close, maybe you mm-hmm. don't even put them in a teaser. Maybe just play it straight up. Like, do you think there is a chance that this one lands in between nine and a half and 15 and a half? Like, maybe it does. But what I'm seeing with some of these games is sometimes when it's a blowout, it's an absolute blowout. And teams obviously play games differently when they're getting blown out. They will be more aggressive when they're, you know, in range of a touchdown. Like, they're not going to go for a field goal. You know, if they're down a certain Mm -hmm. amount of points, I guess unless you're Sean McVay, which shout out to him, really needed the Rams plus three. Uh, But we'll see. I hope we see some good games because that was my only complaint for wild card weekend. Super wild card weekend, I should Mm. say. Is that some of the games... We're not competitive. So we'll see if it changes in the divisional round. Hour three is coming your way next on the Daily Tip. And guess what? We've got more football to unpack. Uh, dissecting the Packers and the Niners and the Bucks and the Lions. Even more next on the Daily Tip. For more, listen to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.